Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the 10th and Broad Church of Christ podcast. Today's message is presented by Ken Holsberry, the preaching minister at the 10th and Broad Church. Let's tune in now for Ken's message. Well, this little story I'm going to tell next, you got to think East Texas. you got to bring out my East Texas in me for this story, okay? You with me? There was a dad who was trying to teach his little boy about the importance of giving and giving back to God, and but they were really having a struggle. This was in the days when you passed a plate, and that little boy just did not want to let go of that money. And he'd reach out, and, and they'd just have to pry it out of his hand. And, and so that became a, a problem. He was really reluctant. So one Sunday, just as the sun was about to... The plate was about to come, and the son reached out his hand. His dad said, hurry, let go of that. It's tainted. And the boy dropped it. And he said, Dad, it's tainted. What's taint mean? He said, it it taint yours, and it taint mine. It belongs to God. Isn't that a good one? See? All right. Well, as you can tell by that little story... We're not going to talk about the spiritual warfare that we've been talking about the last few weeks. We're going to go in a different direction today. And honestly, that's just because I've been sick all week and I just didn't have it in me to write a sermon. And so I knew that y'all would give me grace. And since this month is the month that we present our budget, which will happen in just a few weeks, and the month that we ask you to make a, a pledge for the year as to what you will give toward that budget, I'm going to talk about money this morning. And uh, some preachers don't like to talk about money. Some churches don't like their preachers to talk about money. But I actually enjoy talking about this because I know personally, and I know the stories from so many others, there is great blessing in handling our money God's way. And so it's not something we shy away from at all. And so today we're going to talk about something that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount called the Treasure Principle. Let's continue to worship. For where your your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The first time I heard these words, and it had impact on me, I was taking a financial class, uh, Dave Ramsey. And Dave Ramsey quotes this verse and states, You want to know where your heart is? Go look at your checkbook ledger. Well, recently I came across a checkbook ledger that I was was cleaning up a room. Now, this thing is from 1992 when I lived in Denver, Colorado. So I wanted to share some of the entries from my youth. So, now, don't fault me. Uh, Here's one. Oh, this is interesting. Check 105 on January 10th to McKay's. Now, McKay's was a local drinking establishment that I frequented. But what's even funnier is check 106, same date, McKay's. So I must have stayed there a little bit longer than I anticipated because I had to write another check. Uh, Jackson's Hole, which is a sports bar in Denver. McKay's, Della's, another establishment. Uh, Fairways Liquor, Uh, Cub Foods, must have had to eat, (laughs) McKay's, McKay's, Fairway Liquors, McKay's, Fairway Liquors. I think you get the point. 
It dawned on me, though, as I was flipping through this, there's not a single entry in here to a church, a mission, a shelter. It's no wonder I was not only financially broken those days, but morally as well. Well, fast forward 30 plus years, and my ledger looks a little different, completely different. There's entries for 10th and Broad Church of Christ, LTC fundraiser, Mission Pledge, Camp Zenith, Camp Cornerstone, Trail Life, the list goes on and on. And why is that? Because I have been redeemed. I strive now to live responsibly and for the greater rewards of God. Because of this sacrifice of Jesus Christ, which we celebrate now, I have been bought with a price, and I belong to God. If you're struggling this morning with your ledger, please claim that promise with me. I have been bought with a price, and I belong to God. I hope you are encouraged this morning as we partake of the bread and the cup. And there will be one prayer for that. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I am so thankful, Lord, for your promises this morning. The fact that you would send your Son to die on a cross and be raised up so that I could be bought for a price, be redeemed, and belong to you. I pray, Lord, that I'm just so thankful, Lord, for the blood and the body that was broken on that cross. And I pray all these things in your son's most holy name. Amen. Well, it's only through the Holy Spirit that that you could have known that Friday afternoon... I decided to resurrect an old sermon from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus talks about where our treasure is. So thank you, Jonathan. Thank you so much for sharing what you shared with us. That's a blessing. And honestly, his sermon is much better than mine's going to be. I mean that sincerely. But I'm going to preach mine anyway. But just to follow up on what Jonathan said, the, the, the heart and the truth of what Jonathan shared with us this morning, it's, it's true. And there's some reasons that it's true. And uh, so I want to continue to encourage you in what Jesus said from Matthew chapter 6. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy And where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moths and vermins do not destroy. And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is. There your heart will be also. Well these verses bring up the idea of treasure. And I don't know what you think of 
when you think of treasure. But again, the Holy Spirit this morning, sitting around the breakfast table, Hudson didn't have a clue what I was going to preach about this morning, and we poured him some cereal. And in that cereal were flakes like you would usually find in cereal, but also in that cereal were little chocolate pieces. And Hudson's going through that, and all of a sudden he said, Oh, I found a treasure. I don't know what your treasure is. It could be all kinds of things. Generally, we think of material things. We might think of gold or silver or precious jewels or stones. We would probably think of money when we think of treasure. But whatever is valuable to you, that's your treasure. And, and if you just looked at this verse from Jesus quickly, you might think that Jesus is against treasure. But that's not at all what Jesus says here. Jesus isn't against treasure. Jesus isn't saying that treasure is wrong. Jesus doesn't say, don't store up treasure. Jesus just has something to say about where it is that you're going to store your treasure. Storing your treasure is a given. Okay? Storing your treasure is a given. The question is, where are you going to put your treasure? And it's important where you put your treasure because, as Jonathan so beautifully told us, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Don't store up treasure on earth. Why? See, I also think it's interesting here that Jesus doesn't say that storing up treasure on earth is wrong. That's not what he says. He doesn't say it's wrong to store up treasure. He says it on earth. He doesn't say it's wrong to store up treasure on earth. He says it's dumb to store up treasure on earth. Okay? That's what Jesus is saying here. Not don't store up treasure, not don't store up treasure on earth, just it's really dumb to store up your treasure on earth. Why is it to store up your treasure on earth? Because it will disappear. It will be gone. Somebody else will take it. You'll lose it or you're going to die. But one way or the other, everything you store up here on the earth is going to disappear. It will not last. And so Jesus is making a moral, theological point here. But just as much as that, Jesus is making a really practical point here. And I like that about Jesus. Not only did his teaching have incredible authority, but it just really works, folks. It's true and it's practical. And so storing up for yourselves treasures on earth is just dumb because those treasures will not last. But storing up treasure in heaven will last. It'll last for eternity. It'll last longer than you can even imagine time lasting. And so Jesus commands us to store up treasure. Store up treasure for yourselves, he says. But do it in heaven. Because that's the smart thing to do. And Randy Alcorn wrote a book, and he calls this the treasure principle. Just taking what Jesus says. The treasure principle is this. We can't take it with us, but we can send it on ahead. That's the treasure principle. We can't take it with us, but we can send it on ahead. Okay, I want you to have that definition in your mind. We can't take it with us, but we can send it on ahead. That is the treasure principle. 
principle. And Jesus is not teaching us to renounce treasure. He is teaching us to relocate treasure. And so the question that I ask and hopefully answer today is, why should we store up treasure in heaven? And I just want to go through a few of those things. Why should I store up treasure in heaven? Number one, because God owns everything and I am his money manager. That is just a truth that we cannot remind ourselves of enough. God owns everything. It all belongs to him. I just want to reference a few scriptures very quickly. There's so many because the witness of scripture is very consistent and clear on this point. Psalm 24 verse 1 says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So I ask you, is there anything not included in the everything? And I mean that seriously. When you think about it, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it is his. Haggai chapter 2 verse 8. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord. We may dig it out of the ground, but who put it there? God did. He made it. It belongs to him. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 Remember the Lord your God, for it is he, this is so important for us to get, folks. It is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. It is God who gives you the ability to work. It is God who gives you the ability to make money or to produce things that you can use to meet your needs And the needs of others. That's what it's all about. And so it is God who gives you that ability. And we are idolatrous if we think that we're the ones who are providing. It's God who does. So God owns everything. It all belongs to him. He has entrusted it to you and me as his managers. He has given us the ability to produce and to manage wealth. But it all belongs to him. And and, and a good way to think about that is this. Everything you have Everything you make hasn't been given to you by God. It's been loaned to you by God. For the short time that you are on earth, what you make, what you have, hasn't been given to you. It's been loaned to you because it'll still be here when you are gone and somebody else will be the manager of it then. And so think about that as God loaning it to you and you managing it. And that's why We store it up in heaven. Second reason we should send our treasures on ahead is because my heart always goes where I put God's money. My heart always goes where I put God's money. Again, in his honesty, Jonathan just shared that truth with us. And and, and remember what Jesus said. It doesn't say where my heart is. That's where my treasure will be. That's what we'd like to be true. That where my heart is, that's where my treasure is. What Jesus said, no, 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 no. It's where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. So what that means is this. Where we put our money doesn't just show where our heart is. Where we put our money determines where our heart is. That's what Jesus is saying. And so since that's true, then you need to spend some time asking yourself. And this is a good month to do that. 
I'm, I'm glad that as a church, we talk about money and we talk about the budget and we ask you to make a pledge. That is a very good spiritual discipline because it causes you to ask yourself and introspectively look at, okay, where am I putting my money? Because Jesus said, that's where my heart is. And so some people may say, I wish I had a heart for missions. Okay, if that's you and you wish you had a heart for missions, i got some really practical advice for you. Start giving to missions. Because where your money is, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So start giving to missions. Some of you may say, you know, I look at, at, at Danny and Jimmy and these other guys who are doing doing uh, our father's kitchen and oh I wish I was like them I wish I cared more about the poor you want to know something if you really do wish you cared more about the poor start giving to the poor and your heart will follow your treasure that is exactly what Jesus is teaching us and so if you want to follow Jesus and you believe Jesus again this isn't just theological this is very practical so whatever Whatever spiritual good thing you want, you wish. Oh, I wish my heart was there more. Put your treasure there and your heart will follow. Relocate your money and you will relocate your heart, folks. Okay, number three. Why should I store up my treasure in heaven? Simply because heaven is really your home. Heaven really is your home. This earth is not your home. This world is is not my home. If I had known we were going to preach this sermon, we would have picked that song because it's a great song, but it's a hard truth to really live because this world feels like our home. This is the only place we can see and touch and experience. Uh, to, To think about heaven as my home requires a lot of faith and faith is what pleases God. And so we need to lean into that and push into that. But we also just recognize this world Seems like our home and it's a great illusion. And we're tempted then to store up our treasures here. But to store up our treasures in heaven requires faith. Jesus said when he gave this treasure principle, he said, it's all going to pass away. Other places in the New Testament teach us that all of this is going to pass away. All of this is going to burn up. It will not last And so you will either lose it or it will be taken away from you. And so remember that treasure principle. I don't know if this is a true story, but it's one of those stories that makes the point. Supposedly, Rockefeller's accountant was asked, how much did the old man leave? And the accountant said, all of it. He leaves all of it. He doesn't get to take any of it with him. Jim Elliott was a missionary in South America who gave his life for the kingdom of Christ. And he said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he can't keep anyway so that he can gain what he will never lose. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Paul said to the Philippians, he he asked them for help, but he said, I'm not looking for a gift. He said, I'm looking for what will be credited to your account. 
Paul very clearly implies there that as they gave to the work of the kingdom, it was a it would be credited to their account. It is storing up treasure in heaven. You have an account in heaven. There's a place where you can store your treasure. Jesus said that. Paul implies that. And so our gifts to God are deposited into that account. They not only end up doing good here, but they go on ahead. So we send it ahead because heaven is our home. The fourth thing is giving is really the only antidote to materialism. And folks, we are steeped in materialism. I mean, we cannot get away from it. We are bombarded by it. And giving is the only antidote to materialism. To say, I'm not going to use this on me, but I'm going to let it bless somebody else. I'm not going to keep this for me. I'm going to give this to God. That's the antidote to materialism. I heard someone say that there's a new disease called affluenza. And it's really going around, folks. It's worse than the coronavirus or whatever else you want to call that. Affluenza is bad. It's the disease of having too much stuff. And there's not a one of us sitting in this room who don't have too much stuff. And our kids are suffering from affluenza. And it's horrible for them. It's a lifetime illness. Rarely being told no. Rarely having to learn to do without is not good for kids. Because children who grow up with affluenza grow up to be discontented adults. Because things really don't satisfy. And so they're never satisfied. And things really do produce emptiness. And so they're always empty. And besides that, the writer in Ecclesiastes just makes it very clear that the more stuff you have, the more stuff you have to worry about. Stuff equals more worry. In, in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, he says three very important things. The more you have, the more you have to worry about. And the more you have, the more you have to lose. I said three things. I guess that's only two, isn't it? more you have, the more you have to worry about. And the more you have, the more you have to lose. Material things cause us stress and worry because things have a weight to them. And they weigh on us. Uh, one way to think about it is that things have a gravitational pull. You know how gravity works and, and, and the planets are spinning around and the gravity is holding them in their orbit. Things have a way of a, creating a gravitational pull on us. And we just begin to circle our things. And we begin to orbit around our things. And, and, and giving is one of the ways that you can break that gravitational hold. Giving is one of the ways that you can experience weightlessness and freedom. And not be held and bound and tied to things. It shifts your center of gravity. That's what giving does. That's why Paul encourages us to excel in the grace of giving. That's what he told the Christians in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Excel in the grace of giving. Paul, the Holy Spirit, who inspired him to write it, wants us to get better and better and better at giving. That's what he wants us to get good at. And the only way to get better at giving is to practice it, right? You don't get better at giving by listening to a sermon. You get better at giving by actually giving. A good place to start 
is taught to us in the Old Testament. It's called tithing. It's giving 10%. That's a great place to start. That's what the law told them to do. Paul says, I want you to grow in the grace of giving from there. I heard someone say that tithing is training wheels for giving. But at some point, the wheels come off and you just grow in the grace of giving. One more reason why we should send it on ahead and store up treasure in heaven. Number five, because God prospers me to raise my standard of giving. God doesn't prosper me to raise my standard of living. He prospers me to raise my standard of giving. Because remember, everything belongs to God. I'm just the manager. It's not been given to me. It's been loaned to me. It is God who gives me the ability to work and produce. And so when God prospers me, it's so I can raise my standard of giving. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Again, the Holy Spirit reminds Christians, you have been made rich in every way so that you can dress better. You have been made rich in every way so you can drive a new car. You have been made rich in every way so you can go on more vacations. You have been made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Now, is there anything wrong with you dressing nicely and having cars and going on vacations? There's nothing wrong about that. There's something wrong about that, though. If it takes up everything you have and you're not growing in the grace of giving, if it uses up all that you have and you're not being generous on every occasion, that's that's what the Holy Spirit is after in our life. There was a man named R.G. Letourneau. I don't know a whole lot about him, but I know he invented some of these huge earth moving machines and he made a lot of money because of that. And he was a godly man and he wanted and practiced growing in the grace of giving to the point that he was giving 90% of everything he made back to God and back to God's kingdom. And here's what he said. And it's funny that he would use this analogy because he made earth moving equipment, but he said he could not give it away as fast as it was coming in. He couldn't keep up with God. He said, he said, I guess God's shovel is just bigger than mine. And it is. God's shovel is bigger because he's the source of everything good. He's the source of every blessing. He's the father who loves to give good gifts. And he wants us to be good stewards of all that he gives us by storing up treasure, not here on earth, but in heaven. The treasure principle, you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. If you went to Egypt today, what would you go there to see? Say it out loud. Okay. If you went to Egypt today, you would want to go see the pyramids. What were the pyramids built for? To store up. Literally, that's what they were built for. To store up treasure. If you went to the pyramids today, how much treasure would you find in the pyramids? Why? 
moths and rust destroyed it. It was eaten up by the elements and by time or thieves came in and stole it. Folks, Jesus is right every time he speaks. If you went to Cairo, Egypt today, I'll tell you something to go see besides the pyramids. Go see a very small gravestone to a man named William Borden. William Borden was from Chicago, the son of a very wealthy man. In high school, he committed his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. In college, he committed himself to become a missionary. And he decided he wanted to be a missionary with the China Inland Mission. And he wanted to specifically go and teach a Muslim people group in China about the Lord Jesus. And so he began his journey, but he went to Cairo first because he wanted to learn Arabic to be able to speak to these, this Muslim people group. While he was there, his father died, and in today's money, he was left an inheritance of $125 million. Also, while he was in Cairo, he developed meningitis, and he died. And he's buried. What happened to his treasure? See, he believed Jesus. And so he decided he wanted his treasure to go on ahead of him. And so in his will, he left all his money to train and send missionaries. Most of it went to the China Inland Mission. And much of it was used to train and send missionaries to that very same people group. That God in his will and wisdom didn't let him go. But he ended up doing even more good than probably if he had gone alone. So don't go to... Egypt to see those empty tombs where treasure was stored up and it's gone. Go to Cairo and see the grave of a man of God who believed and lived what Jesus taught. That it's just dumb to store up treasure here on earth. But it's really wise to store up treasure in heaven. Let's pray. Father, teach us this truth. Thank you so much for men like Jonathan who would be brave enough to to share their past with us before they were following you and, and say, you know what, that was dumb. But thank you, praise God, that Jonathan is wise in the spirit today and he and his family are models for us. Thank you for so many others in this church who are models for us in this, Lord. Bless those who are living out your treasure principle. Provide for them, give them everything they need, Lord, and more. So that they can grow in the grace of giving. And for those who are not there yet. Father it's okay to start with training wheels. And I pray that this year. This month. That there would be people in our family here. Who would decide I want to believe. And in faith I'm going to act on the words of Jesus. I'm going to put on training wheels for giving. And I'm going to start. I'm going to start storing up some treasure in heaven. And the great thing about that is. A lot of good will be done here. And then we don't even comprehend. We can only imagine what it's going to be like there. But we believe you and we trust you and we ask for the grace to live it out. In Jesus' name, amen.